This AutoConverse podcast is brought to you by Revolution Parts. The number one way for new car dealers to sell parts online, Revolution Parts offers streamlined tools and solutions for driving profit in the fixed ops department. If you're ready to take advantage of all the revenue channels in your dealership, talk to the parts commerce experts at Revolution Parts. Find out more by going to autoconverse.com forward slash rev parts. Talk for a second about to the, the, the changing perception of the dealership. I, I have a funny story. It was only a little under, a little over a year ago. I sat at a luncheon at a conference and, and realized that the person, two people across from me were the social media person and the internet person for a large dealership out of St. Louis that will remain nameless that sold specialty trucks. And I said, Oh, well, you guys are exactly the kind of dealership we can help. And they said, well, we don't understand. What do you mean? We don't ship cars. And I said, well, you're the internet and you're the social and you're building. They said, no, 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 no. You don't. They, this is what they said to me. John, you don't understand what an internet department is. Our job is to get people to come to our dealership. That's what we do. <laughs> and I kind of went, okay, I'm, I've got some other people I can talk to at this point. Um, but you know that that's it's so funny that that's such a prevalent idea of a brick and mortar location that it's all about geography and it's all that's about what they can pay for many many years though that's just the result yeah. of so many years of that Absolutely. being in our head. It, it's that's the way we've always done it right classic. That was John Robertson with ShipYourCarNow.com. On a recent panel discussion, sharing a story about a conversation with the internet sales manager and social media coordinator of a large specialty truck dealership questioning why they would need a car shipping or transport service when their goal is to get the customer into the showroom. The irony of the conversation is that right now, shipping vehicles to customers, hello Carvana, might very well become the new norm. From Autoburst Media, this is Autoconverse. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Autoconverse Mobility Tech and Connectivity Podcast, where we explore people, ideas, and technologies on how we are connected and the way we get around. I'm Ryan Girardi. Glad to be here with you. There are some things you know to be true, even if you don't always have to see them in action. Two truisms we often hear repeated are the importance of being flexible and customer-centric in fast-paced, ever-evolving marketplaces. Articles and so-called experts from every industry speak to this idea of adaptability, especially in the car business. And in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, customer-centric adaptability has become more than just a truism for all automotive businesses. Here's Dealer Teamwork co-founder Eric Milch speaking about this during an online panel discussion back in December before a global pandemic crisis was even on the radar for any of us. Data, Milch explains, and a dealership's ability to act on it are key to survival 
and dealers need to be able to act at the speed of the customer and the speed of the market. Dealers have to understand that A, this data is there, and then B, plug that in with the new world of marketing in terms of this marketing automation concept to be able to act at the speed of the customer and the, at the speed of the market. Yeah, and Laura, your analogy is so spot on in terms of like literally watching the ticker. And that's, that goes back to what we're trying to do, Ryan, as well, in terms of our management and philosophy approach to try to guide these dealers literally on a day-to-day, week-to-week type of portfolio management for their, their uh, marketing activities. Because it's, it's about getting this data. It's about being able to react you know, proactively to it instead of just a, a latent re- reaction. But to be able to manage this so much more intelligently and so much faster, leveraging the marketing automation to be able to create offers for your inventory, merchandise it completely, and then be able to publish it instantly and automatically through, uh, through the channels, you know, through all the marketing channels to where all the customers might be between social media, email, paid search, organic search, you know, local search. Those are, you know, if, if, they're, if the dealers are still just relying on old school methodology and uh, you know, hand-powered type of solutions, they're not going to be able to keep up with the dealers that are adopting this type of philosophy. Once you get you connect all four of our dots here, you've got the recipe for success. And I think it comes back, back to, again, just consistency and accuracy in the leadership and then the adoption of these new philosophies. That's where, that's where I'm seeing it personally, where a lot of people are struggling with that. But again, you know, that's the mindset it's got to be. It's just like holding a stock. If you held a stock and you ever said, oh, I hope it goes back up, the minute you say hope, you're dead in the water. Same, same rings true for holding a car. If you say, oh, I hope I sell it next week, that car's done. You're already a loser. So it's, it's just a matter of being much more consistent and proactive with literally every stage of this process. While the conversation there was focused on used vehicle acquisition strategies, Eric drove home a point that is more important now than ever before. Dealers that are still relying on old school methodology, hand-powered types of solutions, they are not going to be able to keep up with the dealers that are adopting mobile and online technologies. So yes, things can change quickly. It's only been a few short months since that conversation, and priorities have certainly changed since then, but the message remains the same. Retailers who were resisting change before now have no choice but to adapt. Many agree that the current situation with the COVID-19 crisis will forever change the way we buy and sell vehicles. Retailers who were already blazing the trail with shopping process and adapting to consumers in a customer-centric way now have a significant leg up on those who procrastinated on these ideas. Core areas where customer-centric flexibility are now even more important than ever include website tools and user experience, social media experience, CRM follow-up, video communications, vehicle pickup and delivery options, and exceeding customer expectations. A global pandemic is not the ideal way to illustrate a point, but we don't often get to choose how important lessons are learned. There's no doubt that recent events will fundamentally change how businesses operate when it comes to the customer experience. The question now is, How many businesses will be able to learn and adapt, and how many will quite literally be left in the dust? The web has been around for 25 years, and up until now, the goal for most dealers has been to get the customer into the showroom. But with the COVID-19 pandemic crisis forcing everybody into quarantine, 
Well, guess what? The goalpost has been moved. And chances are it's not going back to where it was. Here is Lyman Savvy, founder and CEO of 321 Ignition, an emerging mobile-first auto retail website provider, explaining why and how millennial and Gen Z auto shoppers are forcing dealers to evolve their thinking and adapt to their online shopping comfort zones and preferences. What's interesting to me is millennials and Gen Zs, they're the most skeptical generation in history. And the reason is, is because they grew up with the most powerful research tool in the world, which is internet. You know, so they like to do their own research. And previously, you know, you and I were talking about how dealerships didn't used to think that the website could help them sell cars. Now, of course, they do believe that the website could help them sell cars. But then after doing, you know, this uh, quantitative research, I started doing qualitative research where I would go and actually visit dealerships and talk to dealerships. And some of the biggest auto groups that I would talk to here in Washington state, one guy was telling me, He's like, Lyman, you know, I don't want a consumer to be spending too much time on my website. He's like, I want a consumer to walk, to walk into my dealership and then I could sell him a car. The more time they spend on my website, the less likely I am to sell a car. What's interesting is actually, that's actually quite the opposite. So there's research done by Harvard uh, Business um, um, School and they um, collected over, I think it was 60,000 or 50,000 consumers that done research this. It wasn't specifically for automotive, but it was across many different industries. And one of the things that they uncovered is that um, omni-channel helps you actually build trust and sell more, not only sell more, uh, more frequently and uh, to more customers, but also at a higher price point. And by omni-channel, what I mean by that is you know, back in the days when the World Wide Web came around, people were just kind of, you know, hesitant about the World Wide Web. They were thinking uh, the retail brick and mortar stores are going to start losing sales because people are just going and, you know, buying things online. But the research, the Harvard, Harvard Business Review research actually uh, says differently. It says people who spend time on a web before going into the actual brick and mortar stores, they're not only... Uh, more likely to buy, so their conversion rate is higher, but they're actually more likely to spend more. And one of the key reasons for that is because the more somebody feels informed, the more confident they feel about their purchase decision, therefore the more likely they are to spend more money. So imagine like if you're buying a Mercedes uh, car or a Lexus car, or even you know some of the lower end used cars as well, um, when you're making such a huge purchase decision, you know, thousands of dollars. This is not a, you know, $20 purchase. This is thousands of dollars. Sometimes a five-year loan, sometimes eight-year loans these days. You know, you want to feel confident about the purchase decision you're about to make. And so if you could actually empower the consumer to do their research and allow them to do their homework, people who do their homework online, they're more likely to actually buy from you and also spend more with you. So it, it could mean a difference of, imagine this, Ryan, if it could mean a difference if somebody's buying a ten thousand dollar car and then they see a twelve thousand dollar car, if then done if they done their homework and understand the pros and cons and the you know the trade-offs, they will be willing to spend two thousand dollars more. That's a pretty, you know, that's twenty percent increase in revenue for a dealership. Effectively, what Lyman is saying is that online shopping tools suddenly matter that much more. In an article by George Polgar on the 321 Ignition blog, Polgar points out the impact that the novel coronavirus is going to have on automotive supply chains. But this is only one aspect of the industry that is being affected. From a practical standpoint, Polgar writes, the fear of human-to-human contact spread of the virus 
makes the automobile showroom a target-rich environment for spreading the contagion. And it's true. Aside from liberal use of high-priced sanitized liquids, not touching your face, social distancing, and sneezing into your elbow, there's not much else you can do to combat the spread on the sales floor. However, the boredom and the frustration and the lack of productivity of enduring light customer showroom traffic is not the only option. Effective digital marketing will help savvy dealers power through the crisis. In his article, Polgar references author Doug Stevens as stating, This health crisis will be like adding jet fuel to an already exploding segment of retail. Amazon and a handful of others will be the beneficiaries of this windfall. In the current digital marketing era, the retail process never stops because of a medical crisis or interrupted operating hours or any other unforeseen circumstance. A car dealership with the right digital tools and capabilities can keep the pipeline of customers flowing at times like this. And I believe that. Here is Doug Slotkin, an advisor to the board of 321 Ignition, on the aforementioned panel, explaining how the grocery business will be changed forever because of the coronavirus pandemic. So, so Carvana sold 178,000 cars in 2019. And obviously that's a, a huge player in, in the market. In every market in the United States, there are certain markets that they're, you know, every major urban market, I should say. So, um, you know, that, that obviously means that there's a huge consumer demand for, uh, for being able to do business online in a, in a seamless, frictionless way. You know, that, that obviously is, is consumer behavior is shifting that way. That's only now been accelerated dramatically with coronavirus, right? Um, and that's not just in the car business. I just read an article today about the grocery business being changed forever, right? Because of coronavirus. Now all of a sudden, car uh, groceries are gonna be delivered. A huge percentage of the groceries that are bought in this country are gonna be delivered, right? Because corona's gonna be with us for you know 12 months, 18 months, right? So, so you have to think as a, as a car dealership, how do I compete against Carvana? Because they're a major player. Now, now Carvana is not impervious to this, to this um, coronavirus, far from it. They have a huge amount of debt. They have $1.5 billion of debt. They have $800 million worth of inventory, and they only have $100 million worth of cash. A lot of people think they're extremely vulnerable right now. In fact, Carvana could go out of business because of this companies are going to, some companies are going to go out of business. I don't wish them ill, but if they go out of business, who is going to gain that share? And then there's Carvana. As Slotkin points out, the automotive disruptor of disruptors is not immune to this paradigm shift either. They have a huge amount of debt, relatively little cash. And unlike the traditional brick and mortar dealership, Carvana does not have a parts and service business. And fixed ops, as we have come to see, is playing a vital role in the survival of car dealerships right now. Here is Lumena Litz, founder and CEO of QB Business Solutions, a company that assists dealers with their vehicle warranty reimbursement process with automakers, explaining how OEM personnel, like many of us, are also working from their homes. And they too are being forced to adapt and find new ways to conduct their day-to-day business operations and support their dealers 
with things such as electronic documents, storage, sharing, and video conferencing as well. So what I have found to be very interesting is much like Ed, dealers are stepping out and doing things differently, trying to channel all of their um, staff in the right directions to, to maximize on some of it. Um, someone mentioned earlier, and I think it might have been um, Jeff, I wasn't sure, but, or even you, Ryan, people in California, I've got a, you know, a huge GM store that I'm working with out of California. They have seen like you had like 15, 20% down, but their brand is still there. This is a GM brand, so domestic, even though you heard the big three closed in center line, they're still there. The OEMs, the factories, they're now returning to what all have had, technology. So that stay at home, they're realizing that now there are people that are at home working. They're utilizing different features like uh, Dropbox so they can send to and from data back and forth. So shared knowledge, shared information. It's interesting, just so you all know that the brands are looking to do just what you guys are doing, which is become more um, user-friendly off-site. You know, you have other access to them because that's exactly what they're doing. Imports and domestic. I've spoke to both import and domestic in the last two days. And most of the people I'm talking to on the brand side, they're home. They're working, get dialing into a VPN or they're, you know, in the Dropbox window where I'm sending them data so that they can open it through a link. So that's kind of new for everybody. So this is going to stem a whole new way of doing business going forward on both sides. All this comes down to adapting to the new paradigm shift. As we enter into the second full month of a global shutdown, one where the difference between being classified as an essential or non-essential business could mean life or death for many dealerships. One thing is clear, the need to adapt is critical. And I think it goes without saying that this applies not only to car dealers, but to a majority of small businesses as well. So there it is, folks, the ever so critical need to adapt. I hope you enjoyed today's program. Things are changing on an almost daily basis right now. If you'd like to keep up with these conversations more in real time, then go to our live streaming network at autoconversion.net. In fact, if you go right now to www.autoconversion.net forward slash watch, then you'll be redirected to my YouTube channel where you can subscribe and press the bell icon to be notified when we go live and schedule new events. This is the best way to keep up with all of the conversations we have going on, from our auto retail marketing webcast panels to the Mobility Tech and Connectivity Hour, which features a live weekly webcast and an online mastermind. Now, in our next episode, we'll be looking at how shared mobility is transforming automotive retail from both a sales aspect and in service, and how shared mobility is offering retailers new revenue channels, and one of my favorites, customer acquisition models. So stay tuned for more. And if you like what we are doing, please leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play. Be sure to let a friend or two know about the podcast as well. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of the Autoconverse podcast. I'm Ryan Girardi. Make it a great day, everybody. And cheers. This is Autoburst Media.